Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hello, everyone. Another Baseball America playoff podcast. John and JJ today. And uh, we're going to bring the energy as much as we can. But every one of you is going to understand if you watched that game last night, especially if, like us, you're on the East Coast and you watched that game to the end last night, the... Uh, the energy's there, but at the same time, it's also covered by a massive amount of uh, not just fatigue, but there, even as a, a neutral observer of that game, the adrenaline of that game. Like, I mean, you're, at some point, your your body's like, I'm tapped out. You know, I've I, I've I've seen so many swings in this game. But you know, <laughs> I, before we do that, we do want to remind you. We thank you for tuning in uh, to today's Baseball America podcast. Our podcast is sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Shop now at Baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP to receive free shipping on your order. Visit Baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. So, John? JJ, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. We have a whole weekend of World Series uh, to unpack. I haven't seen the ratings because I'm not Mike and Mike. I'm not going to obsess over it. But I do think this World Series has people talking about baseball and the last two years, I, I think we thought maybe the narratives of last year, the Cubs and the Indians would be what drove that. That's what people thought was driving interest. I think this whole month of insanity of major league baseball's playoffs, which have been very good. There's been some ugly games, but very tense, uh, competitive games and interesting stories and fascinating players is making people interested in Major League Baseball's product. And I think that's good for baseball. Um, I think it also just the, for all the aesthetic issues some people might have with it, I think you contrast what Major League Baseball puts on the field in October with the National Football League. It's not even close. I think the NFL's loss is Major League Baseball's game. I mean, like when, when you hear people talking about Dak Prescott being the second-best quarterback in the NFL right now, when he, among healthy quarterbacks, you see how many bad quarterbacks they're on the NFL. That narrative and, and all the other stuff going on with the NFL, uh, you know, Major League Baseball can have a controversy like Yuli Gurriel uh, mocking uh, you Darvish and uh, can get past that because of what's happening on the field. And then the NFL has a bigger controversy. I get it. But it's harder to get past that when the on-field product blows. And Major League Baseball's on-field product does not blow. It's not bad. It's thrilling and... Uh, we can. I'm sure we will debate the aesthetics of it, but uh, where we are right now is a, an off day that everybody needs. Fans, yes, fans and players <laughs> included. No, no. Francisco Liriano, he's good. Like he would yeah, be. He's still I'm fresh. I'm ready. Is there any situation where I'll come in? Probably not, but I'm you, ready. You know, there are fans who need the break. My brother was on the West Coast this week, and he texted me last night as he was getting ready to board a flight. Like. Why aren't the Astros using Giles? I'm like, have you watched any of these games? <laughs> yeah. So there's so I, much. I going was debating on in the if J, uh, J D Davis is not on this roster. No, but no, if he was, if he was, and it's like, okay, it's the fifteenth. To we got Giles or we got J D Davis. Right. I'm like, you know, Davis. I mean, he could give us an inning. Yeah. No, seriously. Um, you know, it was like those first half of the year, uh, you know, where we had so many major league players, was it Chris Jimenez pitched six times in the first half of the year? I mean, we were headed for position players pitching last night. Carlos Beltran, that would have been, that's not the one thing. He's going he's gonna to pat Ben Diddy it. He's going to go left and right. Um, but I, mean, I think it starts off with the Astros do have this World Series lead. 
But I think it's totally up for grabs who wins the last two games. Uh, I think I, and the momentum swings in these games have been incredible. Uh, and just in the series where the Astros win this epic game two uh, and then take a 2-1 series lead. and then Which feels like that was about seven years ago. Right. right? And then the game four swing with the way the Dodgers exploded offensively. And then you're a third of the way, through, supposedly, through game five <laughs> with the Dodgers in a 2-2 series with a 4 nothing lead and, and Clayton Kershaw on the mound. And that game goes bonkers sideways. So uh, Oh, there's 4 nothing, 4-4. Right. 7-4. And at 7-4, the thing that I didn't understand at that point is, is that there were some people kind of like felt like that this was a normal, like what you think of as a 7-4 game. It's like, no, we've established at this point that... There's nothing normal about this. This is bonkers. Bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. And I, it really was. It was completely bonkers yesterday. I, I, I don't want to slight the other games, but that game five, you uh, as some people are saying, you could do a documentary on that game. Right. But we, we, or we could just talk about it on yeah. the podcast. I mean, yeah. like, it, it is uh, one of these historic World Series games. The difference with social media is everybody realizes it as it's happening. I, I would also say overhypes it as it's happening. I mean, it really felt to me a lot like that 16-14 or that 15-14 game, the Blue Jays-Phillies game from 22 years ago, 24 years ago. I remember watching that. It was a fall break, and I was up in Charlottesville to cover a North Carolina-Virginia football game, and we watched that game at some horrible frat party in Charlottesville. Um, where I'm sure people were honoring Thomas Jefferson in, in horrible ways, but it was it, it was a ridiculous. Uh, that game was ridiculous. That was a it had Mitch Williams that had all all those guys in it. This game last night felt a lot like that game where it just felt like last batter wins. You know, like you just never felt like either team had pitchers who get the other team out. <clears throat> Obviously, there are other factors. There are mitigating factors. Kyle Glazer's been writing about the balls. He's not the only one who's been writing about those. Uh, about the baseballs, but uh, what do you think the number? You had to list the reasons of why these games are so. Because the night before wasn't bonkers, JJ. When it was Alex Wood and Charlie Morton, it wasn't bonkers, and they're using the same balls. Uh, why was it so much more bonkers the next night? I think that's just baseball. You know, I just think that some pitchers execute better. Alex Wood is a fastball changeup left-hander. Then throw a lot of sliders. All right, of a sudden, I mean, he's better. Which uh, Char- Clayton Kershaw, you know, four-run lead. Keeps trying to throw sliders, can't locate the slider, doesn't adjust. I don't, I don't, you know, to me, it's just a matter of, and that's an all time great pitcher who's, I, I, this is not a narrative, this is just a fact. His legacy is damaged by the fact that in the postseason, he is not the dominant pitcher of his generation. It is a fascinating rivalry between him and Madison Bumgarner. Now, in the regular season, it's no contest, Kershaw greater than Bumgarner, but in the postseason, it's not close. This we've never seen Madison Bumgarner with a four-run lead. I don't care what baseballs, he's not giving that up. He's not. He's not coming out before the in the fifth inning. Not happening. I do think part of it also is is it is the there are a thousand factors that tie into this, but I do think one of them also is is that it is the parks that we're seeing these games played in too. Like Minute Maid had some home runs last night that in a normal park. You know, I guess this what is, was normal. This is the normal part. Yeah. now. that's that's the thing. These are this. Uh, it was dismissed by some people after, like at the like in the heat of the late '90s and the turn of the century, before we and I did this a lot <laughs> on a lot of radio shows. 
I, I always thought about how the ballparks were a big factor. I wasn't convinced that it was all uh, PEDs. And guess what? It wasn't all PEDs because the pitchers were using two. It was not all PEDs. Clearly, that was part of it. But all these ballparks were also part of it. They're still here. The, the, the year that I want to know what the hell happened now is 2014. Mm -hmm. When you really look at, at that's the aberration, JJ. The home run, 2014 was the fewest home runs in a full season since 1993. So that's the one year. Every other year, it's been a pretty steady stream up. Now we have some spikes. No, because it was but steady, I mean, and now we basically hit the boosters. Yeah, but you know the thing is, like it was a, a th this year was the real booster. Last year yeah. was a big booster, but it looks like a bigger booster because of 2014. Because 2014 was 4,100 home runs collectively, roughly, and this year was what 5,600 or is it 6,200? 6,000. Yeah, six, like over 6,000. Last year was 5,600. That's what it was. Yeah. So uh, something something clearly but, has changed, but the ballparks are a part of it. And the thing that stands out to me is, is that for the World Series, I am, I, I'm, I, it is different than the baseball I'm used to, but at the same time, I'm not saying it's not awesome. The game before was not. No, no, but, but more games have been this than have been that. We've right. had the best pitchers, we've had great pitchers go out there and get shelled time, not every t outing, but time and time again during this postseason because... What we have now is literally everyone in the lineup for every team being able to hit the ball out. And that's the world of the baseball right. in 2017. No question there. And what I do, I mean, I, I was having, I, I have trouble with it just from the standpoint of comprehending it as I'm watching it last night. Like, like this has changed so quickly. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying it's changed so quickly that Jeff Passan tweets out, when the Astros fall down 4-0 and Kershaw's on the mound, you know, really you probably should be just using the dregs of your pen so that you'll save them for, you know. And that was, yeah. Uh, and that's look, like. But let's, look, let's really look at it. The Dodgers gave up 13 runs last night. Ten of them were given up by Kershaw and Brandon Morrow. So let's really think Which about Brandon it. Which Brandon Morrow says. So, so yeah. so, right. So Brandon so, Morrow who says, so Brandon Morrow, I'm done. So Brandon Morrow comes out there and just gets torched, and it's not all on him. He made six pitches, JJ. He's the first pitcher, I believe, ever to give up four runs on six pitches. Yeah, because he was toast. And so that's on Dave Roberts. Tony Segrani came in afterwards with, like, throwing missiles. Mm -hmm. Where, why? And Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling's good. And he's a multi-inning guy. You needed Ross Stripling there. So that's just bad managing. That's all there is to it. And the, and the guy, and, and Buck and Smoltz, who certainly have their moments, and I'm watching it on Fox Deportes because of a local dispute here. I'm on my phone, I'm watching it on FS Deportes to watch the games. Um, but I have it on the phone, and Buck and, and uh, John Smoltz are saying, you know, um, and he said he didn't want to use him. Then don't use him. If you know you don't want to use him, why did he use him? So, so that's part of it. The other part, really, I, again, a lot of credit to the Astros' offense. That great offense. What was it? A didn't Travis Sochik tweet that as like fourth best weighted runs created offense of all time. No, oh, it's, it's one of the great. It's an historic. And we, we've said it all year. Yeah. Best offense in baseball by far. Great offense. But the rest of it really is on Kershaw. Honestly, it's on Kershaw. I mean, that's what it, I I keep coming back to. You, if you're the Dodgers. You can't lose a game like that where you give your ace a four nothing lead. He can't do what he did. Uh, that's pretty brutal. I, I'm, 
I think he's number one goat horns for me for the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw. But the the point I was making though is, is that if this was though is what baseball was in general, I guess the other during the regular is, season, I wouldn't be able to handle that. That'd I, be too much. Right, but I'll also say yeah. like the other pitchers who gave up these runs are Colin McHugh, Brad Peacock, Chris Davinsky. Dallas Keuchel getting shelled last time. That's that's no bueno. But Dallas Keuchel getting shelled, he hasn't been great the whole postseason. I mean, like Kershaw had seven innings, eleven strikeouts the first game. I just thought last night, the moment, we but, saw a couple but, but, of great but, players, J.J. Alex Bregman, no moment has been too big for Alex Bregman. Before we leave this season. point, though. The Clayton one, Kershaw, the moment's gotten too big for him. You are simplifying, though, a little bit, though, because I'll, yeah, I'll, so I'll list you the Dodgers pitchers who gave up homers last night. Clayton Kershaw, Kenta Maeda, right. Brandon Morrow twice, Tony Singrani. Right. All of them gave up homers. Correct. So when I say like good numbers, it, 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 but when, are so, and right? But when you say like what I'm saying, like as far as the craziness of this is, oh, that, I'm not dis- I'm not yeah. da- dismissing the yeah. craziness. I am trying to oversimplify because it was an insane game. So I'm trying to take this insanity and not talk about it for three hours. I'm, mm-hmm. I am trying to oversimplify it. My first oversimplification is Alex Bregman's a great player. My second oversimplification no, and- is that Clayton Kershaw cannot be called an all-time great pitcher until he shoves just do it twice in a series that's it do it twice in a series he, do he what may, justin he verlander, may get one more opportunity he might but do what not no it won't be in a start no do what justin verlander did. Hey, matt madison bubbler says don't worry game seven you don't have to start to be the hero hey, but I, I can't see him doing what bumgarner did i mean i really can't it is insane to see a guy who like we used to talk about jj how like, oh yeah maddox and clavin they just weren't built for the postseason. Those guys, postseason ERAs are comparable to what they did in the, in the, in the regular season. They're not better, I don't, not appreciably better. They certainly weren't stellar stud, postseason studs. But Kershaw, that's not even close. His ERA in the postseason in his career is like two runs higher than it is in the regular season. What do you, what do you make of that? I mean, it's not all just the offensive, the offensive environment that we pitch, uh, he pitches in. Is crazy. Why is it so much more difficult for him in the playoffs in the regular season? I, I'm well, really curious because it's not it's not small sample size anymore either. He's well, got a what, pretty the thing large he does body not, of work. The thing that's often happened that did not happen this year, so he does not have this explanation this year. They have been rest, short right. rest over and over. And by the way, we have seen like I mean we now again game seven talk about relievers in this. I think if this goes game seven, everyone clearly will no be question. available but he's pitched 118 postseason innings in his career now has a 450 era that's bad it's bad he's given up 18 home runs on 118 innings that's no bueno that's that's where it starts if the dodgers are you look at the dodgers versus the astros the number one advantage you would say that dodgers have is they have the best pitcher on the planet and the astros don't as good as verlander is he's not kershaw well <laughs> In the postseason, in the World Series, Kershaw ain't Kershaw either. He was great in the first game, but you give him a four-run lead, I don't care the ballpark or the opponents. He's supposed to hold that lead at least to, through five innings. I don't think that's asking too much of the world's greatest pitcher, TM. So I think he's seated. In my mind, he has seated that title. It's up for grabs. I don't know who it is. It ain't him. Because Steven Strasburg could do it. You know, Justin Verlander can do it. We've seen pitchers who can do it in the postseason. Not this guy. I mean, that's just, if I were a Dodger fan, I'd just be disgusted with him. I, I, as it is, I'm just flummoxed because I don't, you know, is it just the baseballs? 
Yes. This year? I think part okay, of it. But what about the other starts? What about last year? About short rest. Before? Short rest. Almost always. There's always an excuse. No, when you say almost always an excuse, it's almost always on short rest. And we now know the reason we have seen no pitcher throwing short rest is, is that it's dumb to do generally. It generally, I'm not saying it's never worked, but the reality of it is, is that a starting pitcher coming back on short rest statistically is way worse. And how many times, I'm not saying it excuses at all, but how many times has Clayton Kershaw pitched on short rest and gotten shelled? And they keep, and every year he'd do that, the next year they This they'd, was regular rest. But I'm saying, but every year that he'd do that, and then they'd say, we're not going to do that again. And then next year, they would, it's basically like the Angels in a starting rotation in our, in September, where it's like, we're going to have five this year. It's like, oh no, we don't have five. Right. Clayton Kershaw's like, oh, we're not going to use him on short rest this year. And then every year would be like, and this year they did. This year, look, this is, that, I agree. That is, that is one that goes on the resume for him as a, giant negative yeah, because that, that's, that's what i'm saying it's not all on him but, but, he is, but that's the number one factor why the dodgers lost that game the number two factor why the dodgers lost that game because the astros won it and the astros did, did they just do some amazing things offensively jg was there any doubt that jose altuve was going to hit a three-run home run last night i at least in that moment I love, uh, you know, Kyle had the quote in his story after the game about Springer, like he blo- he blows the uh, the uh, the center playing center field, and he said it was a very angry swing that he made, just you know, like and it was angry and it sure was the ball suffered for it, like I, but by the way, I, again, it's a minor detail, but we, I mean, the things that you also get in here is like, okay, why do you say why? <laughs> You've really got to work out during the season that go and no are not your words that, you know, are the sending a guy from third. Because, I mean, you talk about the little details. Didn't Chris Woodard also then say, well, I think he would have been out. Right. But he wanted to send him. Right. No, I understand. You know, I he wanted to send him. I think that's him. overblown on Twitter because he says to him right then, I think he would have been out. So if he'd been out. But you're also gonna you're gonna say that because you're also trying to make the dude feel bad that he completely blew what I you said. I understand, but also second and third, one out, and they don't get the run home. So it's not just on that. that that's an important detail that to may an have, extent. Yeah. But get the run home, and when everyone's swinging for the downs, and there's no adjustment, I'm just stunned. That we just see we we just see Major League Baseball at these extremes. We talk about it all the time, JJ. The game is just played at such extremes. That the nuances, that's a nuance. That's a nuance that everyone talks about. The nuance that we're not talking about is get the stinking run home. Execute. Second and third and one out, you have to execute. The Dodgers did not execute. When there's a mistake, you're supposed to pick the other teammate up. It's harder to do when every swing is trying to hit the ball saying, 394 but, feet with a launch angle. I'm just, I'm mocking that, but I mean. But, and I'm, and I'm saying, like, no, right now. With this game right now, launch angle because you know what the I'm runs. Not the, yeah, I was saying, but the runs in that game. The thing that made no sense to me ever in that game was was the it the, in the seventh inning, wasn't it? I don't know, but it was just stupid. It was like <laughs> that was the dumbest play. Of the whole I, I believe, like I'm saying, this is not first second guessing because I think at the time I said I put the over under on the run scored in that game at 25, and I think at that time there was something like 12 runs scored. Like to think in that game. The way that that was going, knowing the bullpens that both teams had, to think that that was a that was a top of the seventh, seven seven game. Justin Turner leads off with a double. Your cleanup hitter, Hernandez, who by the way is hitting cleanup. 
Right, but TK Hernandez is the one who bunted. I mean, so that's just a weird lineup construction. Anyway, I know TK's got reverse splits and all this, but why was he bunting? And then again, execution. That's just brutal. But, if you're going to bunt, at least get him over. He bunted it right back to Peacock. But, it's a but terrible bunt. But the other, terrible decision and terrible bunt. But the, but the thing about that was, it's like, you're playing for a one. You're again the bunt. The bunt. There are situations. I am not always anti-bunt. The bunt is a situation. This is clearly you need one run. <laughs> if you need one run, you can trade out where one run you will raise your chances of getting one run and give up chances of getting more. The thing I never will understand in that is, is Dave Roberts had seen the game to that point yeah, and exactly. had to be thinking. You know, I don't think that this game's going to end up eight seven. I mean, and it's the Dodgers. How often do the Dodgers bunt? Period. So Again, it's not. It's. It's. I mean, I'll use the football term. Right? They're off schedule. <laughs> that's like a team that. That's like a team that never runs the ball. That just is like a run and shoot team. All of a sudden, lining up in a jumbo package. I mean, you just don't do but, that. But beyond that, and Justin Turner was standing on second, and Cody Bellinger was on deck. If Cody Bellinger hits the ball, I know that Justin Turner is not Which moving. He did. <laughs> but it, he's not moving well. Yeah. But if he makes contact, you've got a pretty good chance that if the ball's not an out, that Turner's going to score on anything anyway. You know how many sacrifice bunts the Dodgers had all season? How many? By, okay, first of all, as a team that had 31, how many by nine pitchers? Six. Four. Four. So that play is inexplicable both in the context of that game and in the wider context of their season, and that is the kind of thing that makes it so dumb. It's but, just, but because will, it's not what they do. But, and then in that game, to do it, it makes no sense. I'd be like I, Kershaw saying, I can't grip my slider. I'm going to throw a knuckleball. Actually, maybe that would have worked. I do think, though, that one of the things that happens in these games right now is that, and maybe I'm making too many excuses for the managers and all, but the game has changed so fast that you get in one of these games and weird things, weird decisions get made because people partly just cannot keep up with, like, pull back from it and you go, if, if, if Dave Roberts sat down with his front office today and they said, let's analyze this, let's go through the process. Here's the only reason I can think of. Okay, let's get a run and get to Stripling and, and Jansen, let's, and, and that's going to work. It still doesn't, it's still not the percentage play, but that's the only thing I can think of is, I wanted to get a lead and get the ball to Jansen as fast as possible. That's the only thing that makes any sense. And and the logic, I guess, also is, is yes, Hernandez is your cleanup hitter, but he's been a utility guy, so this shouldn't seem to be outside of his, yeah, even I mean, if he hasn't been asked to do it. How many, I'm, I'm guessing his, the answer for him is going to be zero. Nobody had more than one. I'm, gonna <laughs> guess, I'm guessing that his... Had, he had is, one. He had one. He's one of the ones who had one. Uh, Chase Utley, Red Turner, and Yasmani Grandal, wait, wait, the wait, other guys. wait. Red Turner. Hey, he went to Fullerton. I yeah. know he's going to execute. Yeah, I know he's going to execute. I'll, I'll... Give him a freaking drop five from the <laughs> mid-90s. He, he dropped the bunt down. So, um, it doesn't, so it's, we were it's, playing, by the way, we were playing with the drop five. It's totally, it, was, it was a totally inexplicable play. The Dodgers still took the lead that inning. And of course, gave it back up in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, the bottom of the inning on those six pitches. By Brandon Morrow, who I just feel terrible for because he's been so outrageous. Well, in the but but especially like again in the regular season. And I follow because what happens is is that you get into these situations, and the reliever who's been good for you becomes your security blanket beyond anything in those situations. But at the same time, you want to talk about 
Brandon McCarthy didn't have much choice, but like when Brandon McCarthy came in, I think it was that game two, like yeah. you know that was like, and you're saying this guy is being put in a situation where failure is almost his only option. Like asking a guy who's pretty much not pitched right. for a month, oh okay, by the way, take on the best lineup in baseball. Good luck, Brandon Morrow, who. Yes, he has relieved, and he's had a great year relieving. But this is not a guy who, in anywhere in his career, has been described as a guy who's like, oh, he's got the arm. If you need him to go today, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. the next day, absolutely, exactly. he can do it. He's the, he is the opposite of that. Exactly. He is the opposite of that guy. Well, that was the first time they said in his whole life he'd been asked to pitch three times in a row. So I'm sure that is I mean, true, like, like, again, probably back to like his amateur days. You know... And so what I'm saying is, is you are putting him in a scenario there where he has nothing to compare that to. He goes out there in a situation where... He has no frame of reference for success. He has no way of knowing, okay, I know how to do this. I've done this before. You know, and, and the funny thing is about, again, is, is we're not even getting to the fact that Kenley Jansen, who is considered among... If we're saying the best relievers in baseball... If you want to say he's the best reliever in the major leagues in a post-Rivera world, you have a very strong argument. Right, you can make that argument. You can absolutely make that argument. Royals fans will say, no, 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 Wade Davis has never had a a series like this in the postseason. But but the thing about it is is that Kenley Jansen gave it up again. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And, (laughs) And when you talk about... For all, for all the things that we've talked about also, though, with, you know, with the managerial decisions and everything, it does come back to, if you're Dave Roberts, you had Clayton Kershaw on the mound with a four-run lead, and, that's, and, that's, the mound. and then you had Kenley Jansen on the mound, and you said, we've got Kenley Jansen, they've got Joe Musgrove, and after that, they literally have no one else in that bullpen. They have Ken Giles. And Francisco Liriano. And two guys that they do not want to use. In any scenario. And so you're saying, okay, we are really, for all this, we're set up here. And the reality of it is, is that Kenley Jansen is the one who, and... Ultimately, that's why the Dodgers are losing this series. Ultimately, that's why they're down 3-2, is that two of their studs... Two of the best players in the game. Right. The two guys that you would look at and say... The formula for the Dodgers winning the World Series, those two guys are integrally involved. And they still could be, and the Dodgers could still win the World Series. It's not, it's not over, yeah, they, they need to win two but games. They have to be better. And I have to, you have to imagine that we're going to see both of them in games. If, again, if, 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 they, if the Dodgers are to win this series. Yes, you would imagine you're going to see Now, the thing about that is, though, is, is you do run into right now, after everyone gets one day to go to bed early, please everyone, get some good sleep, because you know we're going back at this Tuesday. But you do know that they now start in a situation where they have the exact flip side of what they were, like, you know, as good as Keuchel is, you go Kershaw, Keuchel, right. Dodgers got to win that game. Now we got the flip side of that, which is Rich Hill's really good. Yeah. But, but Rich Hill's not Justin Verlander. No, he's not. And can Justin Verlander keep on being, like, the last pitcher standing <laughs> who can throw seven innings and make it look normal in a postseason game? Well, I guess what I wonder, J.J., is... With the balls the way they are, which I think we all think that there's a problem with the baseballs. Uh, Eric Surkamp, the former NC State pitcher who I think got to the big leagues with the Giants. Not sure if Eric is still uh, active. Um, I I should have looked that up. But he tweeted, is it the balls that are juice or just the bats? I haven't seen anyone get sawed off in a while. 
And uh, I, uh, Jim Cott thinks the same thing. We talked about the AAA championship game, how he thinks the bats are, the way they're lacquered, the way they're treated and prepped right now, he thinks they're just way too live, the wood bats. And Eric Sirkamp said, I'm not sure what year it was, but the Tyler Colden play where he got impaled by the bat comes to mind. Uh, a few years after that, they started to put the marks on the bat so you knew where the grain was strongest, and you just don't see them flying anymore. There's a, this is a player, that, a pitcher, and then there's a lot of people who've been around the game a long time. Uh, I, I think the ball, I think the bats sound different. They serve on, if you watch an ESPN game this year, uh, any ESPN Major League game, the sound they caught behind home plate, the ball, the bat, was just so different this year. I mean, I haven't asked anybody who knows, except for we talked about it with Jim Cotton, Stubby Clapp in Scranton. And Stubby definitely thinks there's something with the balls. Everybody thinks there's something with the balls. Tim Dillard thinks there's right. something with the balls. I, I was going to say, I like... Think there's something with the bats, too. I do. But, I think there's something to that. But to me, like, if you're... And again, I don't even know if Major League Baseball wants to change this. But if you want to, the first thing you do, I tweeted about this yesterday, is, like, the specs for the baseball right now. I think right now you bring in a truckload of IL and PCL baseballs. But I'm saying, but the specs, <laughs> the specifications for what is a legal Major League Baseball are kind of an artifact. It's, it's kind of like the tolerances that you needed to build a Model T. You know, it's it, they're so wide. Like, it is something where you, the simple thing you could do for 2018, if Major League Baseball wants to change this, and I don't know if they do, because do. I think that they look at that like more people are talking about, you know, the World Series and this series with a thousand, literally, we've already set the home, the home run record, and we have two games to go. And right. at the rate these are going, we could not just set it. It could be like, oh, this is double the most home runs. It is, you know, it is. But if they do, the thing you can do is, is you can tighten the tolerances for what is acceptable for a baseball. Because right now, when Major League Baseball says these balls haven't changed, the translation of that can be all these balls are within the specifications of a Major League Baseball, which can be very true right. and still mean that the ball carries an extra 20 feet, as we've had studies show this year. Right, right. You know. A lot of studies. Uh, all I linked to out of uh, Kyle's story of the day uh, at BaseballAmerica.com. I mean, we see what role the equipment plays in amateur baseball. You just see it at the college level. When they change the bats, 50% of the home runs went out. And when they change the baseballs, just lowering the seams, a lot of the power came back. Not all of it. But they, they brought a lot of the power back. But, so but again, the clearly is playing a role. And again, like we had Lance McCullers who said basically the same thing about the World Series balls to to uh, Tom Verducci that uh, Tim Dillard said about the difference between the Major League ball yeah. and the Minor League ball, which is is that that podcast is long, isn't it? No, Tim I've got. To, I've, I'm going to. Okay, we had a great interview. We're, Tim we're, Dillard. Yeah, we're gonna, it's coming. But um, but the, as they both said, you could do a blindfold test. You could basically put random balls in a bag. And I can pick out which ones are which. And if that's the case, like, and as I think McCullers' quote said was, it's like, it's like if you use a number two pencil for all your life, and that's what you do, and yeah. then they give you a pen, you know the difference. Right, exactly. Um, Andy McCullough of the LA Times had the really good uh, line this morning that um, is worth repeating. JJ, I'll, I'll pose the question to you. He says, the sport of great baseball is broken in 2017, or it's rejuvenated or somewhere on the spectrum in between. If if broken is 20 and rejuvenated is 80, is on the spectrum in between, where, where would you put it? See, the funny thing is, is I think, I'm going to give a real cop-out answer, but I've been really thinking this even before you asked that question, which is, is, this is kind of, I did it very poorly asking you earlier. 
I think that this this is completely alien to everything I know about baseball. It is. Like, Yaziel Puig hit a home run. Now, Yaziel Puig's very strong. But he hit a home run where one of his hands had already left the bat. Like Todd Frazier style. Todd Frazier, you, know. you know. And last night. And so it is broken from the standpoint. It's absolutely broken from the standpoint of what baseball... If you want to make the argument that it's broken because what happens now is that any... It's baseball is a game that at its core, yes, if you make a mistake, it gets punished. If you execute properly, it's rewarded. And right now we are in a world where you can make a mistake and punished is no longer a double. It's always a homer. Or you can make a mistake with, uh, with your fastball and miss your spot by a foot. But if you throw 98 or 100, right. you get away with it. And But the other part of it is, is I don't know, though, for the postseason, again, if you talk about over the course of 162 games, we can't have 162 games like this for anyone. We'll, the players will, the, the bullpens will literally implode. <laughs> but if you talk about for a postseason, I can't tell you that this is not, for the average fan, a more entertaining form of the game. Because that game last night, that's, for an average fan, that is more entertaining than. Morris versus Smoltz, you know, basically two pitchers trading, which was as compelling as it gets. But this has... That game was, that game was seen by a lot more people. A but, lot more people. But, but, a lot more. But, but that's the nature of, you know, yes, 1991 versus now, but yes. That's not the only thing, though. I mean, like, that was also... I mean, that was Game 7, and I think that product was compelling. I mean, one nothing's extreme. 13-12 is extreme. I feel like the <laughs> fact that we have no hope of one nothing. That's what's extreme. Because in 1993, in the same conditions, mm-hmm. you had, two years oh. later, you had 15-14. That's the, I think that the thing that's alien is that it feels like we have no hope of 1-0. It feels like we have no hope of seeing a game where there's not uh, something, like you said, alien. That's what, that's what feels weird. That's the weird part. Is uh, The game always has, these extre- has always had this tacking back and forth. But when it's at an extreme, you feel you sense it. Like 1987, when we were teenagers, that felt weird. Jesus, Larry Sheets hit 30 home runs. That's weird. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And then when when Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs, it was yes. like, hmm, something's up. So this year, when it was this uh, extreme, something's up. And I, well, I, I look, go back to the Bill James phrase: baseball is not some perfect machine. So I do think that the powers that be in the sport need to figure out some way to tack back. Because I think right now it's more toward the four. I would put a 40 on that 2080 spectrum. It's more toward broken. It might even be 35 if I can go half grades. But uh, but it's not irredeemable. That doesn't mean that there aren't really flashes where it's really entertaining. But here, here two things that sums it up for me is where I, I struggle to compute this game. The Astros pitching staff in the World Series has given up a 1.15 whip. Walks plus hits divided by innings pitch. Mm-hmm. 1.15 good. is really good. They have a 5.55 ERA, which That's is bad. really bad. Those two numbers, the Dodgers, one well, point... A small sample of 13-12 game is going to throw things off. And the Dodgers have scored 6-6-3-1 six, six, prior to that. 
You'd take that in your first four games. But of the World but Series. my point being though is is the Dodgers also one point three WHIP, which is still within the range of okay, that's not that great. Yeah, but it's not. That's lesser for sure. Five point two ERA. Right. My point being, what again, really, what it comes down to is is that the thing that is crazy about the game right now is the home runs. Everything else about it, I mean, there's velocity and all that, but the reality is is if you took those that game last night. See, I would say that I, I I do think that's I like I oversimplified about Kershaw earlier. I think that's a little bit too much of an oversimplification because because the things that are crazy is the home runs. That goes back to the offensive approach, and that is seen in every at bat. You see in every single at bat, just these swings that are not what you're supposed to teach people to do when they hit, and you see offensive approaches and approach to playing the game. I mean, I don't want to go back to 1900 to 1919, but four sacrifice bunts by the entire team the whole year that are not by pitchers, that is, that's alien. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that is certainly alien, JJ. Four sacrifice bunts the whole year? Oh, yeah. But no, but, but, that, but that is also, that is, that is when you say like, okay, also the fact like we are now, we see it with the managers who keep being fired. We are not in a manager world. Right. We are in a GM world. And when that comes down to the difference between a GM and a manager, a GM run team or a front office run team and a manager run team, is that a front office run team says the numbers say, like the reason why you do not see pitchers face, no one basically no one goes to the lineup three times, is that the numbers say it's it generally does not work for you. The reason why you see no sacrifice bunts now is, is not that it never works, but the numbers say over the course of a season it does not work for you. All those things. And we're seeing... I said that it says that over the course of a season it doesn't work. It says it's a less efficient way of scoring. Of you will score less runs, runs if you do that than if you right. don't. In, and in, teams want to score runs. Over the year, but not in... There are certain situations where right. it saying, is more efficient. Right. No, you won't. It's not more... You will score. You will give you have, a better way to win a game. Right, it's a better way to win a game. You'll score less runs, but again, there are times where one run. Last night was certainly not that kind of game. Yes, that's yeah, the, you, that's, you, that's yeah. the crazy. But game. what I'm saying is, is that, but the thing that the other thing with the, literally every swing, the the monster hacks, every swing could be a home run. The other thing that it does because of that is, is that, when you do have a game like this where the bullpens, both bullpens are gassed and there aren't a whole lot of guys you feel are reliable. The problem with that also becomes is that we nowadays, if you're a man, again, this is the worst. If you're a manager, I don't even know how I'm you. Going, I'm going more macro level. Like well, the thing is, when you have no, when the bunt is totally not part of the game, that changes who you play at third base. That change that should change how you practice. What's a, what are all your PFPs for? Half of that is covering first. The other half are bump. Other half are bump plays. You know, why shouldn't every pitcher be CC Sabathia sized? You don't have to field bunts. Fielding your position is insignificant. How many ground balls are there? That's what I'm saying, JJ. Is like, that's the bigger picture part of this. Oh. So, when the home runs are, I'm saying that it's, it's all the subtleties of how different the game is. That's the alien part to me but, because that will, that could totally change everything about how players profile at different positions. When we see second base as this, incredibly offensive position, it's very rare. I mean, look at Altuve on that play where Ethier slid into him. He just didn't expect a guy to be sliding hard, you know? I mean, 
So he didn't, Altuve is one of the most athletic and agile second basemen. If that had been Jeff Kent, just for, to pull the name out, if that had been Daniel Murphy for the Nationals, he just got him trucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, his knees might not be attached anymore on that play, and that wasn't even that hard. So then the game is there are a lot of because of the big picture offensive approach. There's so many little things about the game that are different. The obvious thing to me is the home runs, and they are and they feel alien. But the, because of that, it's all the other small things. Those are the things that are really like totally just not baseball. The, the, uh, so much little nuance and little things are just not part of the game anymore. Just it, it's really it, so in that aspect, it's like gorilla ball in the mid '90s, with the exception of they're incredible athletes playing it, as opposed to guys hitting home runs who had no business hitting home runs. That, that's the really well, so that's what's crazy about it. The to, style to of play, but, any of those subtleties are all. But to take it macro, out. to take it macro, what we've also seen, like the hit the ball hard, like the the world that we lived in until recently, where the hit the ball hard, you know, on a line, and it'll pay off. Which still, to a some extent, but the reality of it is, is the other part with that is, is that now we have seen shifts. We now know, like when shifts started, it was like. Oh, no, no, guys should be able to just go the other way. And it is crazy, but the reality is that there are very few players who... Well, he, when, he did it last night. But there are, but no, no, it goes but, back to offensive approach, but, 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 no, but hold on. There are very few players, even if they're trying, it is weird about how if you hit the ball in the air, you hit the ball to all fields. And then if you hit the ball on the ground, most players, even Correct. if they're trying, are going to pull it. On almost every, you know, almost a large proportion of the time, and there are very few hitters That's right. who have a swing that they can do something else. And if you do right now, then the, what uh, what you were rewarded with is is that you actually get to see two two infielders on one side of the bag and two on the other. I mean, like the guy who did that the best in our lifetime was Tony Gwynn. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Ichiro, I, I guess it would give you the other argument, but Tony Gwynn did that better than anybody, and he's kind of, uh, you know looked down on almost uh, by some people. And all the Tim Raines discussions, so much of it was Raines greater than Gwynn, which really frustrated me because I just don't feel like that was the case. Um, and one of the reasons, well, oh, Gwynn just had all these singles. I mean, that's denigrated in by, by an, an analytic an analytics mode. It's den- it is looked down on, which I don't understand. Singles greater than walks. Hits are greater than walks. They have a greater run expectancy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than walks. So I don't, it's very. I feel like that's that, but, that's one of but, these things that because that's a guy who stayed inside the ball and could use the whole field, and so you couldn't shift on him, and but the, it feels like there's a lot of modern writers, analysts, but, whatever. But I'll tell you who thought that was not good enough. But I'll tell you in this game right now, it's not because the reality is that single. We are living in a world right now where if you're getting if you're getting a hit. I just disagree. But if you're getting a hit 35% of the time, but I'm hitting a home run, you know, one out of every two games, three games, then I'm getting more bases than you. I mean, that's the crazy world that we live in now. There there are, uh, see, I just, I think over 162 games, I get it. But that's what I'm saying. And that's why the World Series seems so alien, because nobody can do the other part. So it's all just the extremes. But when you say no one can do... That's why why we've been asking the question of whether it's good or not. But but what I'm saying is is when you say no one can do, and I'm saying you'd be crazy to do it right now because when a game where there are literally... How many home runs were that game? You need base runners too, JJ. You need both. You need base runners too. 
How many home runs were in that game, though? And there were a lot. That's not the only game, JJ. How about the night before? The Astros didn't hit any home runs that with anybody on base, so they did win the game. You're, you, you, we're not just focused. We're not talking about just the one game. There have been, but there have been. Right now, we are game. Yes, I know how many home runs there are. We're also debating whether that's good or not. No, but what I'm saying is, is I'm not. You're saying the aesthetics worth good or not, and I'm saying you'd be crazy nowadays if you're a player to not do it that way. Don't I'm, do the little I'm, things because you're going to win more by doing the big things. I, well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's what. <clears throat> that's what I, I'm I, saying. I think you're wrong. Okay. I mean, I, I, know, I know that's what you're saying. I think you're wrong. So, I mean, like we just had a couple of World Series teams two years ago. Is the environment so completely yes. different? I, I, There's I, double the home runs now. No, they're not double. Double runs. the home run rate is there not? That's fifty for two thousand fourteen. Yeah. But fifteen was up, sixteen's okay. up, seventeen's up. So I, I, I think that you're. I think that say. I don't think we're at that extreme point. But I mean, you, you've been at the extremes the whole postseason of bullpenning and pitcher usage and all that stuff. So, and I just don't think that we're. I, I don't agree with those extremes. So um, maybe I'm just not opening my eyes to it. Last night was certainly the extreme. But I don't. I don't want to. I don't think the sport should give in to the extremes either. I feel like if, if the commissioner's office and you're seeing these baseballs and you're seeing the way the sport's being played, I think you do something about it because I don't feel like this is the best that the sport can be. It's certainly thrilling theater. I don't feel like that's that this is the sport. Like you said, it looked alien. Oh no! I, again, Unless, that's and that's where I'm with you on that. And that I. That's why I don't understand why we're arguing about it. But no, but I'm you're saying but you're what, saying you're saying what you want it. Okay, yeah. But what I'm saying is, I agree with you in that. The way the game is created right now. There's more right than now. one way to win the game. That's all I'm saying. You're saying no. There's only one way to win the I'm game. I'm saying the way to win the game most in 2017 is this way. But I don't disagree. I, I see the thing. I see what's happening. But there are certain times it feels like, no, not bunning. Not bunning. But and not in that situation. But there are times you can still be rewarded with a better offensive approach. That, 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 I, just, I just don't think that's crazy to say. And you're saying it is crazy. Sometimes the better offensive approach is to not... Not every hitter should try to be Jim Tomey. I don't want to watch a game where every hitter tries to be Jim Tomey. Sometimes I want to watch Jim Tomey. Sometimes I want to watch Tony Gwynn. You're saying no, everyone should be Jim Tomey. You're saying what you want to watch. I'm saying to win games. I'm saying to win games, you have to have base runners too. Hey, sometimes you need Tim Raines. Or sometimes you need just someone who gets on base. But that's Everybody what, and, can, and can run and can score up all of the gap. Jose Altuve is that player in this game. He's the best player in baseball. He was our player of the year. He's not the player you're talking about. He can do it all. So I don't understand why we're saying that that extreme is the only way. He is the ultimate example of a player who can do everything. Base running, hit to all fields, and he has power. I mean, he doesn't sell out for every single at bat. So, I mean, I think Altuve, you know, is a great example of an entertaining baseball player is because he's not always trying to hit the ball 500 feet. Neither is Bregman. I mean, like, those are the best players we're watching. So at some point, those guys, I'm, I'm really just arguing for a good offensive approach. And I don't think that's crazy. I don't, I don't, you're basically saying it's crazy for you to have a good offensive approach. And I'm saying, no, it's smart to have a good offensive approach. And, and yeah, what I'm saying is, is that Again, we, we can disagree on it, but I, I want it to be other. I want it to be. But I do think that right now... You're arguing that it's more productive to have a bad offensive approach. I'm arguing that right now it is more productive to try to hit a home run with every swing. And that is what teams... And that's what I believe the analytics... I, I, I just think that you're wrong. That's exactly what Altuve doesn't do. He doesn't do that, and he's the best player in, in baseball. In this postseason, in this World Series, Altuve has six hits. Four of them are extra bases. He has two singles in this postseason. I'm not saying yeah. hit singles, JJ. I'm saying a good offensive approach. Where sometimes the best thing you can do is a single. A single is better than a swing and a miss. 
right? I mean, how hard is that? I don't. Well, you say singles better than swing and miss. I would say with the way the ball is flying right now, a single is not necessarily better than swing and miss on one zero. <laughs> if you also get that swing on one one. It's a good offensive approach. A good offensive approach is getting a pitch that you can drive. That, that, mm-hmm. I, so I. I it's yeah. a good offensive approach, and a lot of these guys don't have good offensive approaches, and that is, and it's a, the all-or-nothing offensive approach. I get it. It worked last night. A big reason why it worked last night is Clayton Kershaw and Brandon Morrow. But I think a good offensive approach is uh, the other thing the Astros do have. They have several players with outstanding offensive approaches, including even in the last inning, uh, Brian McCann. Mm-hmm. Well, that was two outs, nobody on when that started, right? Yeah, if I remember right. Two outs, yeah. nobody on for Jansen, hit by pitch and walk. Jansen had seven walks all year. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, really, he really does. Like, I mean, when he, you look about, he looks utterly like he, he just. looks like he caught the first nine innings <laughs> of that game before he came in. I, I was kind games. of, I was really trying to envision a scenario, and I couldn't come up with one where Kenley Jansen ended up catching in that game last night. You know, like if it got. Because well, it was, was that. Chris Hatcher not on that postseason run, so that's too bad. I love the hat today during the year. I don't think Hatcher is, but they had two converted catcher guys. Two guys who caught at high levels. Like Hatcher made the major leagues as a catcher and then as a pitcher. And Jansen, I guess he didn't make the major leagues as a catcher. But he caught extensively up to AAA level. Right. And then, I, I love the Dodgers. For a while there, there was two of their best players. I, I also love that Juan Centeno's on this Astros roster. And I, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like John Smoltz was like, that would be an awful lot to put on the young catcher. <laughs> and the subtext of that was. I really hope he doesn't come in because I don't know anything about that guy. I ain't, I, to quote Alan Matthews, I ain't got nothing on him. Juan Cetano, who's the first guy to throw out Billy Hamilton in a That's big right. league game. That's right. Um, you know, but like, there's, there's so much. We didn't even talk about games three or four, but game five. I mean, game five. Game was, five to me was like uh, Revenge of the Sith. There was way too much going on. They tried way too much to pack way too much into one game. It should have been three games. And oh, by the way, it wasn't as good as it could have been, but, but it was still incredible. The, the one thing to kick it ahead to, to wrap this up. Looking at the bullpens for Game 6, again, if you're the Astros, if I've ever seen a game where you may say, no, Justin, no, 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 you, you stay out there. Who, I mean, Davinsky, okay, Will Harris. Davinsky wasn't good last night. No, no, but I think, but I think he still has some belief in Will. Like, Ken Giles is not, Ken Giles is going to need a court order to get back into this game. Well, you I know? mean, the thing is, to me, it seems like they're going to go Verlander McCullers. And you just do Johnny Holstaff if you get to Game Seven. But why on earth would you want to get to Game Seven? <laughs> I mean, if you have a lead and Verlander gives you six or seven innings, you would go to McCullers and see if he two. gives you the last two or three. Yeah, two, exactly. two. And then a good offensive approach will have to be what the Dodgers have to adjust to that. I mean, good offensive approach. I'll just say it again. Chris Taylor. How about Chris Taylor to tie that game? He takes 96 down the middle from Davinsky Which because he's looking change-up. He's sitting change-up and then gets uh, not a bad pitch, but when you're sitting change-up and you get it and you're looking down and away change-up and lines that single up the middle. Which, by the way, but, but when you so say I guess about, he should have been looking to just totally try to hit that ball 450 feet. And that's, you make it sound like it's that easy. But when you say that, though, like the thing about it is, is that's also the sign, though, when you say that Davinsky's not at his absolute best because Davinsky at his best... You can look change up, but there's enough there's enough drop on it that it it still can be you know really hard even if you are right. sitting. That's a pretty good pitch though. Yeah, it was it not was a bad a, pitch. It wasn't a great pitch. No. It was a it was a decent pitch, and Chris Taylor's a decent player and did something with it. So, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna have, we're just gonna be at an impasse about those extremes all the time. So uh, maybe I, I get, but where we where it. we do agree about it though is that. Neither of us want it to. I want it to not be that way. I do not want See, it to I be. I don't get that sense. 
No, I I'm don't. I'm glad that you said that. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I Because you called it alien, and then you were kind of just... But I'm saying it's the it. best way. The way the environment is now, I think it's the way to win. Ways to win games and what the games should be I, are often but, very different. But, but, JJ, people were arguing that in 2014 and 15 that the Royals were doing it wrong, and they won. And they were arguing that in that environment, they were saying that the way the Royals played was wrong, and the Royals won anyway. So I don't agree with you that... the. It, even in the environment of three years ago, of 2014, with 4,100 cumulative home runs, people were saying that the Royals were doing it wrong offensively, and they almost won the World Series in 2014, and they won it in 2015. So you can do it that way. I, 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 I think there's, there's a million ways to win a baseball game, and that is, I think, disappointing as a baseball fan to hear people say, no, there's only one way to win. And that's that, that's that's what's glorious about baseball. And basketball fans make the same comments that right now that oh, it's disappointing that there's only one way to win a basketball game. That if you don't shoot threes, you don't win. Well, the, I, I, so it doesn't mean that that three point shot isn't entertaining. But you have the same conversation going on in basketball. Oh, you absolutely do because it's the same thing is going on, which is is that you're right. There are more than one ways to win a game. But is if you are front office led, if the front office and everybody is now and everyone no is one who isn't. and everyone is, and if you're front office led. Then what you are trying to do is find the optimal, which means that everyone gets gets funneled into the same answer, much more so. And that's what, I, and that, that goes to my point earlier. <clears throat> that's gonna st we're gonna start seeing the way the kinds of players on the field change. You're gonna start seeing, I think, just the way no one will be able to do the little things anymore. I mean, and the flip hard. side of that is is that if you're Kansas City, and if you it won't happen, but if you just rip up the grass. And put in a good mid '80s hmm. carpet, You'll and build your game. Like, will never let you do it. But and build your game like that, you would have such an advantage in your home games because you're right. The way we have funneled in some way because of the also the ballparks. If and they have an old ballpark that has a massive expanse. Right. If you said if you took the typical AL team and you put them in 1985. Kaufman or Bush right. Stadium and said, go play, they wouldn't be able to do it. They're not yeah. constructed to do that. It's like, right. wait, I hit that ball hard. It didn't leave? No. Our left fielder can't cover a massive expanse. And by the way, when the ball hits the carpet, it takes off. Yeah, exactly. They're getting doubles and triples all the time. I, mean, I love Corey Seager and Carlos Correa. They're fantastic players. I don't know they'd be shortstops on turf. Right, and I don't so think they would. so what would be again? It's not going to happen. But what would be fascinating if you a team truly did because field turf's not the same thing. But if a team truly did zig where everyone zags, I don't even think you would. You're right. The MLBPA would never allow you to put down. Yeah. Hey, we've got concrete. We got a little bit of padding, and then we've got a, basically a, a flat rug. But that tr someone tr doing that in that environment. It would be something like basically Babe Ruth right now, like showing up in 1920. You know, yeah. I hit homers. I guess what I'm, I guess that's the other thing is that um, everything feels broken right now, JJ. <laughs> everything, everything feels broken. I don't like it when baseball feels broken too. That's supposed to be the escape, and it's not an escape when it's broken too. So everything feels broken, and I don't like baseball feeling broken. So I don't, and I don't, I really don't. Uh, uh, I just don't like it when, <laughs> so I, that's why I push back. I just, I don't like it. That's why I push back strongly on the notion that there's only one way to win a baseball game. And I think that's, you know, even when there was gorilla ball 
in the mid-90s in college baseball. Fourth won a national championship in 1995. They didn't play grill ball. They hit for home runs when they had to, but it could be other ways too. And so teams that can only win one way, players who can only play one way, that's not baseball for me, and that's why I get distressed about it. And I, I do think people appreciate what we saw last night and how dramatic it was, but also appreciate that there's something really off. And I, I would love to see the commissioner uh, address it. I think the number one way he can address it is the baseballs. But um, I'd love to see the other team, the, the teams address it as well, kind of collectively. What, you know, what do they think? What do they think of this sport? Where are they taking it? Because uh, I don't know that we could take uh, 162 games played. No, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't know you could take if that was if if that was a normal game, if that became normal, then the then I don't think over a course of a regular season, I would not want to be a fan going to that. I can't do five hours as a regular course of, you know. No, no, you can't. I'm sorry, and I know that there are fans out there who say, oh, no, no, I want the game to last as long as it. I don't, and I don't have I, I'm, if you're, I mean, I'm, I don't have easy answers, but I'll tell you this. I, I understand if you're retired and you really do not have to get up in the morning. I understand that that's a logical answer. If you've got kids that you got to get to the bus no matter what, I can take a game like that. But at the same time, man, I did appreciate two hours and 28, wasn't it? Yeah, that was game one. It was like, I'm going to bed at a normal hour. This is awesome. So there's a lot. There was a lot. I mean, again, we we knew there would be a lot. We've been doing 30 minutes on these. We went an hour because there was a lot to unpack there. Yeah, we had three games. You know. Like I said, I, I I will stick by my Revenge of the Sith comp. So flawed but entertaining. We we do thank you for tuning in today. Today's podcast was sponsored by Baseballism. Don't forget to shop now at baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP B-A-S-H-I-P to receive free shipping on your order. Visit baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. For John, I'm JJ, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit baseballamerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.